Hell no, man. I don't listen to any crap music. I'm a rocker, dude, through and through. Here's a list of my favorite bands. ACDC, Van Halen, not Van Hagar. Man, I love Joe Dirt. Mr. Joe Dierte. I love him. But he couldn't be any more further from the truth with that whole Van Halen, Van Hagar statement. You know, you hear it a lot about uh, the Star Wars franchise, uh, the term or the uh, the phrase, no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Well, the same is true about Van Halen. No one hates Van Halen more than Van Halen fans. And it, they will, people that hate the Van Hagar era especially will tell you, well, we don't hate Van Halen. We hate Van Hagar. We hate Van Halen teaming up with Sammy Hagar. The Red Rocker, blah blah blah. He's too lovey dovey. He's uh, he's basic. His his songs are are uh, are cringy. And to those to those folks, all I have to say is it's got what it takes. So tell me why can't this be Van Halen? But in all seriousness, today we're going to be talking about Van Halen, specifically the David Lee Roth era versus the Sammy Hagar era. Uh, so we have a little bit of Van Halen versus Van Hagar. Uh, we're going to talk about what sets them aside, what what the difference between the two eras are, uh, why they kind of why they happen, and uh, they're different. A couple different the different styles that uh, that are used by the band, which are just they just come solely from, like I just said, two different lead singers with two different styles, both bring in a different skill set. But both equally, equally good at what they do. So I can't come, I can't bring myself to hate on either of them. I love both of them. I listen to both of them all the time. But yet we're gonna find how many people will love one and shit on the other. So it's the tension, and it's the tension that's created between both eras and the fans that I love. Uh, you know. The people who were alive and, I guess, day one loyal fans to Van Halen and Diamond Dave just can't bring themselves to uh, listen and love uh, Sammy Hagar style of Van Halen, you know, with all of his love songs and uh, romant uh, romantics in the band. Um, but I think it just comes about, it really comes down to one, one thing, really, you know, guys who... Or people who were fans from day one, they're loyal to, you know, Diamond, they're they're loyal to Van Halen with David Lee Roth. Um, but it, it looks like in my case, you know, I wasn't born until the early mid-90s, so I wasn't alive during the Van Halen days. Uh, but I still do appreciate him and love him and know, and I know how important they are, but uh, I can't deny it. Van, uh, Sammy Hagar, he's a great musician, and he brings... He brings a certain style that's successful for Van Halen, and I think it's naive to hate on one and and love the other. I think they both bring something something good to the band, and both have helped the band separate themselves from other music acts and other popular bands and and uh, and other musicians that were popular at the time, and um, both have helped the band stand out and be successful. But like I kind of touched on earlier, you know, fans are just like Star Wars fans. You know, they hate they hate uh, the franchise that they love so much. Um, no one can agree. I think it's I think it goes back to change. I just don't think people just don't like change. Um, but 
you know, people like me who are Star Wars fans, I love the originals, I love the prequels, um, I love the, the shows that have come out, the series that have come out on Disney Plus. A majority of them, majority. I, Obi Wan, Boba Fett. I heard a lot of people talk a lot of shit about both of those, but I actually enjoy both of those. And I haven't seen the new season of The Mandalorian, so no spoilers, please. Um, but like the sequel movies, you know, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, uh, and Rise of Skywalker. I do, I do shit on those pretty good because I just think they're misleading. I think the trailers set it up. To, and the teaser set set the franchise up to do something completely different than what we saw on the screen. And it just fell flat, in my opinion. It was underwhelming. It has nothing to do with uh, you know, Ray being a female. I thought I thought her character could have been great, but I just think it just didn't match up with what I was expecting from the trailers. And it was just flat. I mean, it was like drinking a flat Coke, you know? You ever go to you ever go to McDonald's and you want to take that sip of that fucking Coke and you're like, man, it's gonna be so good. And then you take that sip and it's flat. And you look at the damn you look at the worker. You're like, hey, can I get another one? And she looks at you like, like it's coming out of her paycheck. Which is why sometimes I almost if I get a flat Coke at McDonald's, I'm just like, let me just drink it because I really don't want to deal with the side eye that this worker is about to give me. And I already know what they're thinking. Like, man, this fat ass Tom need another Coke. I need to just pour him some water. Which is probably just the water they mop the floor with, but <laughs> but I better get off my soapbox about Star Wars and McDonald's workers um, because I'm gonna ramble and run out of time. Um, we're not here to talk about those two things. We're here to talk about Van Halen versus Van Hagar and what makes them different and why I love both of them. And then I want to find out if you guys are fans and you're familiar which side do you take or do you love both and for those of you who aren't van halen fans stick around learn something new and let's see if i can get you to take diamond david lee roth's side or the red rocker sammy hagar's side stick around everyone Oh man, it feels so good to be back. Uh, if you if you've been following this weekly show, you'll know that we did take a week off last week. I do apologize. Uh, my son had a he had a procedure at the Children's Hospital in Fort Worth. Everything is fine. He's doing great. He's going to continue to do fine. There's just a little issue that uh, we just need to we have to pay attention to, and that it's going to be fixed. And he's going to be completely normal and healthy, so there's nothing to worry about. But that was, you know, we did dedicate our time and uh, and efforts to making sure that he got that taken care of and that his recovery was good. So that is the reason we didn't have uh, an episode last week. So I appreciate your patience. Um, I appreciate you guys continuing to support the show and continuing to hit play. We did surpass uh, 300 listens uh, this past month in total, so... I love you. I love you guys, and I love that you guys are continuing to come back and listen to me talk nonsense every week. Uh, one thing I was talking with one of my coworkers about this week, uh, we were talking a little bit about you know like autism and ADHD, and I, I, ha- I have don't have a diagnosis for each, which I'm afraid that if I do go get tested, I might either come up with both or come out with at least one of them, um, but. I was talking to him about one of the reasons I made started making the show is because I have so much just 
use, I, I, it's not useless anymore, obviously, now that I have this, this show, but so much information in my head that just people are like, how do you know this? Like, I, I don't really know. I don't know. I just, I learn and I read it. <laughs> you know, I wish I could keep information about school like I do this stuff. Because <laughs> um, it would have made my life a whole hell of a lot easier. But but we're going to put some of that information to the test today uh, with today's episode about uh, little Van Halen v. Van Hagar uh, circa 1985, which that's the that's the gap between the two eras. Uh, one cool thing that's about uh, that's about this uh, is the Diamond David Lee Roth era lasted from the year 1974 to 1985 when he leaves, and Sammy Hagar comes in in 1985 and he leaves Van Halen in 1996. Both eras lasted 11 years, so you want to think, it kind of makes you think at first, so did what, does Van Halen just have a, a rule like, hey, every 11 years, we're going to use it, we're going to change it up and get a new lead singer. Yeah. Oh, it's been 11 years, man. Hey, appreciate the double, the multi-platinum success, uh, but we have this rule. It's 11 years, you got to go. Uh, obviously, that's not, that's not the case. Uh, as we dig deep into the lore of Van Halen, we find that... Uh, not the wasn't the easiest band to get along in, um, and really didn't that really didn't change a lot too, uh, even up to Eddie's death, which uh, was kind of tragic. I think there's still some there's still something that was left on the table, but now we'll never know with his passing. Um, but you know we got we got a hell of a lot of great stuff out of out of what did occur and. Um, very innovative and changed I mean changed the, traje- the trajectory of rock uh, stadium metal, glam metal, metal in general because um, without Eddie and Alex and uh, Michael Anthony and David Lee Roth and even Eddie's son Wolfgang uh, we probably don't have some of the influence and in some of the artists that we love today so as I've already kind of touched on you know, Van Halen forms takes, takes first form uh, officially in 1974 um the band all the band kind of all the members kind of culminate together uh you know eddie and alex van halen uh eddie on on guitar um and uh alex on the drums um they align with uh lead singer david lee roth and then slapping the bass big time mr michael anthony and i think i could do an entire pod on Michael Anthony too and his influence as the bassist for Van Halen and how great his backup vocals are. Uh, Michael Anthony, uh, I really couldn't be a bigger fan. I love him. I think I think he's he's definitely underrated. Uh, and there's more to his story in Van Halen and and unfortunately I think he was mistreated. Um, but. I love I love the fact that he did continue with uh, with Sammy and Chickenfoot and, and and a couple other projects and, and uh, I hope he continues to find success because he he is a talented bassist and backup vocalist and and really shines and he kind of saved Van Halen's ass I think sometimes uh, but this lineup uh, this lineup continued uh, through 1985. Uh, when tensions kind of when tensions came to a head between Eddie Alex and and, and David Lee Roth and David decided to pursue a solo career and left Van Halen 
uh, right after you know the success of their 1984 album, 19 called 1984, uh, which I mean that brings us songs the song Jump, which is arguably Van Halen's most pop one of their most popular songs and was their highest highest performing album of that era and they didn't follow up and they let the tensions get the best of them and they and they decided to to part ways um so then we we already discussed you know from 85 to 96 uh sammy hagar joins uh joins van halen and becomes the new front man and thus creating the van hagar uh era um but but then Dave, Diamond Dave does come back in 2007, and they kind of have this, I, don't, I almost want to call it like an off and on again thing up until up until uh, 2020 when uh, when, Eddie's, when Eddie passed away. Um, but we're more concerned with that initial uh, David Lee Roth era versus that 85 through 96 era with Sammy. But during that 11-year tenure with David Lee Roth uh, as the frontman of Van Halen, uh, we do get six uh, six Van Halen albums, which all combine for a total record sales of 57 million sales. 57 million. That's an insane figure. I can't I can't even envision selling one thing for 50, 57 million times. One day I hope to look back and it would be my dream that I can log on to my host platform and see that my my podcast, my show has amassed 57 million plays, 57 million views or downloads, whatever it is. Uh, so a definite feat, a definite, uh, you have to tip your cap and respect and show the respect to what this band did with with this singer. Uh, 50, so 57 million record sales of six albums. Uh, I mean, that's that's a lot. Uh, you know, in 1978, the the debut album Van Halen, uh, Van, followed by Van Halen Two in '79, and then we get Women and Children First in 1980, which to me, uh, it's a it's a pretty solid album. I think uh, not appreciated enough. Uh, Fair Warning in 1981. Uh, Fair Warning, nah. If you're not a Van Halen fan, I mean, if you're a Van Halen fan but you're not a hardcore Van Halen fan, probably. Maybe not uh, a fan or heard too much of. Uh, then we get Diver Down in '82, which is a solid album. A, r- a couple of really good covers on that uh, on that album. Uh, and then, of course, we've already talked about probably their most their most famous album uh, and the album that that had the most that found the most success with David Lee Roth, uh, 1984, which had some of the best that has some of the best artwork cover work on that uh, that album. You know, with the the little baby with the angel wings, and he's got a couple. He's smoking a cigarette with a couple packs of cigarettes uh, in front of him, which <laughs> kind of surprising to hear. Maybe that being uh, some of the best artwork, but I mean, it stands out. It's definitely. I mean, that's if that's not rock and roll, I don't know really what is. And that album just has you know just has some of the best, not just Van Halen songs, but rock songs of all time. I mean, everyone knows Jump. Might as well jump. Uh, and then, arguably, man, I, I love, I love, love, love the song Panama. I mean, if you've ever been driving, especially like if it's a long drive, not in town, but if you've ever been, like when I used to drive home from Stephenville to Abilene and vice versa, uh, when I would visit from college, uh, there was some long, nice stretches of country road, and 
and some great scenery. And I used to love driving uh, in the evening, going back to Stephenville uh, when the sun's setting and Panama would come on. You know, God, I mean, I, <laughs> talk about some making you <laughs> get the need for speed. Uh, but I couldn't really speed too much in my 97 Dodge. Uh, that thing that thing would have rolled for sure. Uh, but Panama, one of the best rock and roll songs of all time. Arguably top top two uh, Van Halen songs of all time, in my opinion. Which, uh, that's what this show's all about. It's all about my opinion. Doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Just kidding. I do care what you guys think. Love your feedback. Uh, which is a good opportunity for me to talk about uh, the Q and A's, guys. I'm still opening them up. I still have. I've been leaving them open, you know, for if you guys are going back and listening to some older uh, to some older uh, episodes. Hit up those Q and A's. I think I really. It doesn't matter what you say. Say something. Say something off the charts. I, I don't even care what it is. I want to hear from you. Give you guys some shout outs uh, during during the next episodes following that. But so. When we talk about the albums, we can go ahead and get into our first comparison between the two. Uh, so Diamond Dave has six albums uh, initially with Van Halen and amassed for a total of 57 million record sales. Uh, now let's go into Sammy Hagar's era with Van Halen. Uh, he puts out, he and the band put out four, four albums, which amasses for 27 million uh, record sales. Now, this is a case of where numbers don't tell the full story because you can look at that and say, oh, well, well, Dave's obviously Dave's better because he's got double over double of the record sales. Well, he did have two more albums uh, and and none of those albums ever hit number one on the charts. So let's go in with Sammy. His first album with with Van Halen go peaks at number one. And that's following, this is in a time where, so 1984, big hit, I think it, it peaks at number two, I believe. I think that's right. I know it, it peaks in the top ten, I know that. Um, and so now the lead singer leaves, which is one of the most attractive features of the band, even though you have the greatest, one of the greatest guitarists ever. Um, and so that leaves in question, like, okay, what now? Is the band going to fall off? So you have all this uncertainty, uncertainty, and in steps this this guy who has a successful solo career, and they don't they don't miss a beat, and they capitalize, and hit number one immediately, and then I think the next three albums, all the the other the other three albums, I think they end up peaking at number one, hitting the number one spot at some point too. So although you have, uh. The Roth era's albums having more record sales. Can you can you really say that that outweighs the performance of of the four Van Hagar albums being hitting number one when none of those other albums hit number one? So as one of those where I I don't think that the record sales tell the full story. You know, it's just like when we talked about baseball. You know, in the movie Moneyball. You know, Billy Bean and, and and the Oakland A's use numbers to kind of to take over how they built the team, but the numbers don't tell a full story because while they have this beautiful system that was working, well, they come up short, they don't win a World Series. So numbers, you can't solely rely, rely on numbers to tell the full story. You've got to read between the lines. You've got to know what your field is about and 
when it comes to Van Halen, the numbers, the record sales between the Roth era and the Hagar era don't tell the full story. And I'm also I also will apply that towards Sammy's era with even though those albums were all number one, that doesn't tell the full story either. It's a catch twenty two. Which side are you gonna pick? So if we stopped it right now, if you hit pause right now and you have that information, especially if you're brand new to, to Van Halen, I think it's I think you're a beautiful candidate. If you don't really know much about Van Halen, you know a couple other songs, you're a beautiful candidate to ask that question. Okay, with the information that you just received about the album sales and then about which ones were at number one and how they finished and how they peaked, which one, if we didn't talk about anything else, which one would you pick? Which era is better? So hit pause, ask yourself that question right now. Based on the information that I just received, from our glorious leader and glorious host, Jose Escamilla. Which band do I pick to be better right now with the information that I have? Or which era of the band? And keep your answer in mind, because if it changes, or if it stays the same at the end of the episode, I'd love to hear it. What happened? So now let's, we've, we've, we've got the names of the, of the first six Van Halen uh, albums. Let's get the, let's get the next four. Uh, so in 1986, we get 5150, and we're now obviously we're talking about the Van Hagar era. Um, so 5150 in 1986, and then you get OU812 in 1988 uh, for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge in 1991. We get a live album, which technically isn't a live album. There's actually kind of an interesting story about that album, uh, but it's called Live Right Here, Right Now, 1993. And then we end the we end the the Hagar era with Balance in 1995. So we talked about uh, we've talked about how the numbers and the record sales, which I'm not a numbers guy, that doesn't interest me. But we talked about how those numbers set each era apart from each other. But what other what other reasons and what other things set these two eras apart from each other? Well, let's talk about the style that each person that each of those guys bring okay so then let's talk about david first you know diamond david lee roth uh first of all he's a better frontman he's a better showman uh he's better he's a greater showman than hugh jackman Uh, i have actually never seen the greatest showman um so i I hope that's true uh hugh jackman to me is a better wolverine than a showman but maybe i'm wrong maybe if i watch the movie i'll have a, a different opinion but Roth, he's he's flamboyant, he's quirky, he's high energy, he's all over the place. So then you talk about, especially let's talk about on stage performance. Uh, he doesn't play he doesn't play guitar. He's not playing an instrument. So he's up there jumping around, kicking, running around, and he's bringing all the attention to himself, which is hard to do when you have, in my opinion, it's hard to do when you have. The greatest guitarist, also, you're you're sharing the stage with the greatest guitarist uh, ever, and David shines on stage. I mean, he brings the spotlight to him, and he not only brings it in, but he thrives in it. I, you know, I dare you to go watch any Van Halen music video because this is during, you know, when they're making music videos. A lot of the time, this is that era where it's just like recorded recordings of them on stage performing these songs uh without a crowd or a crowd eventually put in uh even uh even some of his solo stuff like uh 
Yankee Rose. Go and watch the music video to Yankee Rose, and you see, you know, he does his little marching kicks, and he jumps around, and he's got these twirlers, and he's got these flamboyant clothes on. Um, but but David, he gets you to watch. He ca- he catches your attention, and he sucks you in, and he keeps you he keeps your attention up until it's up until it's over. And while while I would say that Sammy's got better vocals. That doesn't mean David David's vocals suck. I mean, he's got these. He uses his his to me. He's got a raspy voice, and he uses those vocals to his advantage. Uh, one of my favorite things that I that I like to watch sometimes is uh, the song "Running with the Devil," which is one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite uh, Van Halen songs. Which thanks Adam Sandler because that that intro to Little Nicky. Uh, when the camera goes into <laughs> Nikki's room and he's playing the bass, you hear that bass line that dur, 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 and it goes into the song. Uh, that's I, I just I love that song. I love that movie. Um, but uh, back to David Lee Roth. Uh, so he's got, if you listen to the separated vocals, which is just his vocals from Running with the Devil, it doesn't have the bass, doesn't have the guitar or the drums. It's just his vocals. Uh, he, I mean, he lets loose, uh, in the booth on that song, which is kind of hard to do. Like even, even when I, when I do the recordings for the show, you know, sometimes if you think about it, how embarrassing can it be to just, you're basically talking to no one. It's just you and the microphone and he puts all that aside and he acts like he's in front of a hundred thousand people and he's giving it all and he's. Got all these, yeah, wow. I can't even do it. It sounds way better than what I did. But it's pretty funny. And and that's what that's where he shines. Now, that's not not to say that uh, Sammy's not, doesn't have a good presence on stage because he does. But what Sammy thrives in more, I think, as well, is he's more melodical. He's, I guess, I don't, I guess I want to say he's a more trained and honed in musician uh, he's got the better singing voice, which at the age of, I believe he's 75. Uh, there's a video, I think from a year or two ago, of him on Howard Stern when he's singing uh, a Van Halen song with his band. And he sounds great. He still sounds great. He's, he just has he has the better voice, and he still does. And as his voice is still good, David's David Lee Roth's voice, has, in my opinion, has taken a step back. And it, it just needs a little bit more help. Uh, but Sammy, Sammy's got the better vocal range, um, without a doubt. And if you can't agree with that, I, I really don't know what you're listening to. And one of the uh, one of the arguments between if you're picking, you know, people are picking who they like more. One of the biggest arguments that always comes up is, you know, Sammy's just got the better songwriting skills uh, than Roth did and does as well. And I'd I'd have to agree with that too. While I love the lyrics of, of so many of the early Van Halen songs, I equally love the lyrics from the Hagar era as well. Um, but a lot of people counter that that with the argument that, well, Sammy's Sammy's real basic. His his lyrics are they're cringy. They're they're uh, they're too lovey dovey. That's not you know rock and roll is not lovey. And to that, I'll kind of entertain I'll kind of entertain that uh, that statement a little bit. I mean, yeah. He is he he does write a lot of love songs. I mean, hell, how many of the how many Van Agar songs have the word love? I mean, why can't this be love? How do I know when it's love? Love walks in. 
Uh, yeah, love, love, love. Uh, one thing that I like about the song Why Can't This Be Love is, so that intro, it starts off with kind of like this, it's almost like a tapping, it's like, and then it comes in with, so the intro was used, the color analyst for the Dallas Stars, his name is Daryl Razor Ray, phenomenal. I mean, you don't know what's going to come out of this man's mouth during during a live broadcast. Uh, it's it's a, it's awesome. Uh, but he used to have this this uh, this series called uh, The Emporium, and it would play after a, a Dallas win, and that was the intro to it. Uh, you know, was that beginning to uh, Why Can't This Be Love? Brilliantly used. Um, just kind of a little side fact and about the song and what makes another reason why I love it. Um, so go stars, razor, love them, check them out. One of the most, to me, one of the better color analysts in the game right now and to ever do it. Uh, but yeah, so Hagar, lovey dovey. And literally, uh, David, David Lee Roth, uh, literally ain't talking about love which is a popular Van Halen song off that first album, Van Halen, uh, in 1978, uh, 1978, <laughs> uh, ain't talking about love, uh, solid song. And, and that just kind of the story of, of Roth's writing and singing style, you know, the songs are more geared towards, you know, one night standish, uh, beautiful women and that rock and roll lifestyle. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. I love that shit too. Uh, but I'll have to admit, I'm I'm into that hopeless romantic rock music, uh, hopeless romantic uh, love songs as well. Because uh, I, I jam I jam myself jam to some Van Hagar all the time. You know, and I can't tell you how many times I'll, I'm I'm listening to How do I feel when it's love? Uh, but I mean, if you ever listen to that song, Sammy's his vocal range in that song just I mean, damn it. He could try to mimic it. I know I can't do it, but I damn sure do try. Uh, so let's talk about that 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 area that time when when Van Halen splits in '85. You know what? Ah, uh, saying Van Halen splits not a good not a good analogy, not a good saying because they it, it one member went a different route, not not all of them. Uh, so let's just say when David leaves in '85. Uh, a lot of people claim that uh, even though 5150 found, which was the next album the next year, found immediate success and went to number one, a lot of the Van Hagar haters will say, well, the road was paved by David Lee Roth and Van Halen and Sammy wouldn't have made it, Van Halen, Van Hagar wouldn't have made it without Roth. And to that I'll say, okay, but... You have to have the right talent, and you have to have the right tools and skills to capitalize on that, which Sammy did have all of that. He had all the tools. He definitely had the skill, and even, yes, Roth did pave the way. In 1984, all that popularity from that album does account for how popular 5150 did as well. I mean, people loved it, and then now you've got, hey, this is a different, uh, a different style of it. Hey, I'm still going to check it out. Let's see what happens. Yes, the popularity that Roth had does help uh, with 5150's um, uh, popularity, but the people kept coming back. So obviously they liked what they heard with Sammy, um, and you got to give him credit. 
you know, he, he did capitalize on that. And it's not just riding the coattails of somebody, of the, of the guy before him, that's uh, capitalizing and continuing to put out something that the people want to hear. And to say Sammy's not talented, to say that he doesn't, that he, he puts out crap, I mean, it's naive in my opinion, because, I mean, before, so Sammy, before Van Halen, Sammy has a successful solo career, uh, and I love when he talks about uh, his initial kind of reluctancy to join Van Halen, because joining the band would be a mass would not be, I don't know if massive, but it, he said it would have been a pay, it was a pay cut for him, because now he's splitting up the money that he's making between four when he was taking a majority of it in his solo career. I mean, can you imagine joining one of the biggest and best bands in the world and that being a pay cut for you? That's, I mean, that's saying something. And then, so the band itself is a little different between periods too. I mean, we all know, I mean, Van Halen uh, fans know how Eddie, Eddie is the guitarist and then he goes and he becomes more heavily involved and use the band uses more uh, keyboards, and Eddie's a great keyboard. Uh, a key, how would you say that? Keyboarder, keyboard artist. He's great on the keyboard too. I mean, and then we—that's more prominent in the Van Hagar era too. Like, take songs like "Right Now." You know, we all know that uh, that keyboard uh, intro. I mean, it's iconic. When you hear it, you know, oh, that's oh shit, that's Eddie. Uh, uh, some of those other love songs we've already talked about, like uh, um, When It's Love, you know, starts with that doon, 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 and then complemented by, you know, the backup vocals of Michael Anthony uh, that we've talked about it a couple times with some previous shows, that that uh, that echoey backup vocals from everyone else in the band, kind of like how it shines through the stadiums. Um so all of that's kind of happening more, and it's more prominent in the Van Hagar albums, but it makes them sound more polished. They're they're just they're more put together. Is how I would that's kind of how I would describe the songs and how they're to me how they're different, other than them just being more love love songs and about meaningful relationships. They're more polished. They're definitely more melodical, um, and the meanings are are a lot more they're a lot deeper uh on the surface than those first uh the first the songs from the first six albums but don't mistake it you know sammy does put out some good rock anthems too uh it's not just you know if you if you've never listened to van hagar uh and you're you're gonna go listen to some you'll find that there's uh there's not just love songs there's some pretty good rock songs too and it's right off the bat, you know, on fifty-one fifty with the song "Good Enough." That's a solid. That's a solid song. Uh, it. That's another one we can talk about. How that echo backup vocals is. There's a part, you know, uh, Sammy goes off on this tangent like he's talking to a waitress, and uh, you know he he goes onto his his little you know one of his screams that wow, and then uh, you know everyone kind of everyone in the band kind of has that ooh. But it sounds good with with how you know Eddie comes back with uh, with his guitar with his electric guitar and and Alex just banging on the drums back there and that's kind of so that's I'll I'll go into some one similarity between David and Sammy is they both have these little subtle you know 
they do a lot of that uh i mean so let's talk about specifically this song you know good enough how it starts it starts off strong with sammy coming in you know with the hello baby and then you have eddie with the fucking i don't know if it's a dive bomb but that whole making the he's making a screech he's making that guitar screech you know trust me the guitar sounds a lot better than that horse neigh that you just heard uh but then you have you know David Lee Roth does does something similar, especially on songs like Unchained from Fair Warning. Uh, you know, it comes in strong, comes on, comes in strong with uh, uh, with Eddie's guitar, lead guitar. Uh, but then you have you know David that comes in with his quirky and and raspy. And then in that song, you know, David goes off on a tangent too. You know, there's a like a little break. You know, there's still some some rhythm going on, but. David goes off on this little tangent about how he's talking to this random dude about how the suit he's wearing is going to get him laid, and then it picks right back up uh, into the into the into the song. And uh, so we were talking about another early Van Halen song or earlier. Uh, so on the album "Diver Down," uh, they do a cover of Roy Orbison's uh, uh, "Pretty Woman," and so if, if on the album itself. You know, you have the song Pretty Woman, but before that, there's a song called Intruder, which doesn't have any lyrics. It's just music. You know, it's the drums, uh, some weird guitar sounds, bass sounds. Uh, But what I I have this weird, I don't have no idea why, but there's this satisfying thing that I love when songs like on albums, like if you have one song and it ends and the next song picks up right where that one left off. Pink Floyd's really good about it. That's why I love I'll de- if I download Pink Floyd on my phone or something, I always download usually their whole albums or big chunks of them because a lot of those songs lead right up into the other. And I have no idea why I like that so much, but uh, it's just a thing I have. Just another reason I need to go get checked out. Uh, that's probably uh, some kind of indicator to like ADHD or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the Beatles do a good job of that too, uh, specifically on uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Um, how the uh, the title the title track, you know, ends and then it goes right into yeah with a little help from my friends, which are two iconic songs. You know, it uh, the the title song the title track ends with Billy Shears and it picks right up into. What would you do if I sing out of tune? But, so we've talked about, you know, that's that's one similarity uh, that uh, David and Sammy do share. Um, I'll go back to another thing that sets Sammy apart from Dave is, you know, Sammy also brought in that, I kind of touched on this earlier too, he brings in that second guitar, you know, to to the band. So Eddie's still on lead guitar, but he's, he brings that, that rhythm and... Which allows uh, allows the songs to be much more melodical. Um, it complements Eddie's uh, uh, Eddie's lead and the uh, and the keyboard as well. So that that could be where we get some of those more polished songs too. His his musician his musicianship uh, just brings more to the table than than the showmanship of Roth. So if we go back to 1978, we go to to Van Halen's debut album, Van Halen. It's a how I would explain it, the sound is raw, but it but it it's it's rock and roll raw. You got that distorted guitar. I mean it's just it's so 
I don't know how would I say it's pungent I mean but in a good way it's like it's like for people who love the gasoline smell <laughs> but Eddie's grinding so hard on that electric guitar and, and it sucks you in just just as much as uh, Ross showmanship as well I mean one of the greatest songs and probably one of the most listened to rock and roll songs ever uh, doesn't even have Ross lyrics I mean eruption I mean, I would pay, I, I would pay if, if, if I had the opportunity to go and see, Ed, go back in time and watch Eddie perform Eruption, I would pay an unholy amount for that. So I'll touch on Roth again and his, his quirkiness in, within the songs uh, from the album uh, Women and Children First, this song, Everybody Wants Some. I mean, it starts off kind of, I don't know, it, I almost, I used to, when I first heard it, I always thought it, it kind of just reminded me of like George of the Jungle at first, you know, the guitar, uh, the drums coming in, but then you have Roths, you know, kind of these weird uh, start uh, intro into the song, but, uh, you know, then you have Eddie's damn fucking starting the engine with that damn guitar. Um, but what I really love about that song is its feature in the movie Zombieland. Uh, when Tallahassee finds the, uh, the, the yellow Hummer and he's got the guns in the back seat, you know, and, and Jesse Eisenberg is just like, his character's like, I'm going to let him fucking have his fun. Uh, you know, he goes in there and he's like, this is a really big truck and these are really big guns. And he's just fucking bringing all the attention to himself by shooting, all these damn, all the bullets into the air, which, you know, if you're, if you know anything about zombie movies or post-apocalyptic movies, the situation you don't want to be in is where you're attracting everything with all the noise you're making. Uh, but, uh, so that's going on and he's shooting in the air and, and fucking having a grand old time. And in the background, you know, uh, Van Halen's playing, everybody wants some. Uh, but Dave's, Dave's got his fingerprints all over that song with those with those quirky uh, sounds and and uh, vocals, and I just have to think like at the time of the recording, are you looking at at Dave and you're thinking, what the fuck are you doing? Like, is this gonna sound good? And then you put it together and you're like, holy shit, that's just fucking magic. Like, are you some sort of mu- musician who just wakes up and is like, you know what? I got an idea for this part of the song. Wow. Obviously, sounds better than that, but. And then another part of the the recipe for the songs is, you know, another one of his little breakdowns, you know. He's talking about, you know, the way the girls wear the stockings and these high heels and and uh, he really just loves the way they look and no don't don't take them off, don't take them off. So it's just when you think about it like it's just such a random thing to to say and, and kind of add to a song, but when you listen to it and it's put together, you're like, "Oh fuck, it it sounds great. It's it's awesome." It's one of those like you'd hate to have your headphones in loud and you're singing and you're and you're quoting and no one can hear the rest of the sound. They just hear you're fucking talking about high heels and stockings. Like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? So both have these both have these little breakdowns in the middle of these Van Halen songs that that just seem to work. And uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know why. Um, And I couldn't I definitely couldn't tell you which who does it better. They both have their own certain way of doing it that I love. And so while Dave's range isn't as high, can't go as high as Sammy's does, he really he really shines in those low, like, kind of low, if you, you lower your voice, those kind of, I don't know, like the songs, uh, like the song, 
you really hear it in the song uh, Ice Cream Man. Yeah, he just kind of brings his voice down low, like there, right before the solo comes in. He's talking about, I'm usually passing by just around 11 o'clock. So I, I remember I was cutting meat at HEB in Stephenville, and you know, you have the speaker back in the, you know, back in the cutting room where you can hear what's playing playing throughout the store and uh, the song ice cream man's playing and i'm just thinking and i'm like man i like this song you know it's a good song and then i realized huh he's talking about fucking here huh come and usually passes by around 11 o'clock uh never stop he's got all the flavors that can set us oh my god it's like i was today years old and all the kids in the store are listening to this right now (laughs) uh but but his vocals, you know, it just, he brings them down low and then he goes high, of course. Um, so you would think, you know, yeah, Dave's got some good range, but maybe live, not so much. But Sammy's range is even more, it's broader than than Dave's range. But Dave really shines with those kind of lower type, uh, that lower type voice. Like to end the song, you know, he's like, guarantee. Um, so if you, if you, if you listen to it, you'll hear it. So, who would you choose? If I were now, I know I asked you earlier, you know, uh, pause and with what you just learned about the numbers, who would you consider to be, which which era would you consider to be better? Uh, so now that we're rounding this out, uh, I would challenge you to go and listen to a few Van Halen, go listen to a few Van Halen songs. Listen to songs like, if you're gonna take one off the the first album, uh, "Running with the Devil," um, definitely "Panama," uh, "Hot for Teacher," uh, and then I'm trying to think what else from a couple other other albums. Not just, I don't want to stick too heavily to to '84 and then the original or the the a debut album. Oh, duh! A song that we've already talked about, "Unchained" uh, from Fair Warning. Listen to that. And then for the second album, Van Halen 2, uh, DOA. So kind of take those songs, kind of, you know, have them in your mind. You don't have to listen to the whole thing, but listen to the, at least the first verse when we get to the, when you get to the chorus. And then compare them to songs, especially like 50, from 5150. Why Can't This Be Love? Uh, Dreams, of course, uh, which is one of, I mean, that's, I'm sorry, but that's one of their most pop, that's one of the most popular Van Halen, not just Van Hagar songs. Uh Really, just compare it to that album fifty one fifty, and then once we get into OU eight one two, which is actually not words; it's just the letter O U and then eight one. The numbers eight one two. I think one of the biggest differences you'll find is you'll find some of that that keyboard is definitely more prominent, and which is not necessarily a bad thing. I think that's a that's a damn good. Uh, it was a damn good way to to expand the music of the band and. To me, it just added to the success. Uh, but so I challenge you definitely. I definitely challenge you to kind of to listen to to some songs from each era and compare, and then take that answer that you that you uh, that you chose at the beginning uh, of which era was better, and then after you've listened to this, some of the songs, ask yourself again, which one do I like better? And if you're like me, you'll have a fucking hard time determining. Which one you like better? And you sometimes you, I find that I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm Van Hagar is better to me. But then I'll go and listen to some of the the harder and rawer music with with Roth, and I'm like, no, man, I don't know. With Roth, I just man, I want to you know I want to bang my head a little bit. I want to want to drive a little fast. 
Um, but then I have like, <laughs> then I'll get right back into that romantic kind of type thing with, with, with Sammy. And I don't know, it's, it's very hard for me to pick. I think personally, you know, I align a lot with, with Sammy's stuff in Van Halen because I was born, you know, in the early and mid nineties. So, uh, that's, that's what I was, you know, as I was growing up those first few years of those first few years that, you know, I'm really starting to come in and, and listen to stuff is, you know, Van Hagar is, is present and popular, but I, I listen to a lot of original Van Halen stuff too. So it's, it's hard for me to pick. I don't know. God dang it. I don't know. I might have to leave it up to a coin flip, but I, I think, I mean, I'm a definitely a Van Hagar fan and I'm not taking anything away from David Lee Roth. Yeah. You know what? I can't believe I'm going to say this. It's going to be kind of cliche, but I think it comes down to like 51, 51 and 50, just like the album. I'm like 51%, uh, 51%, uh, Van Halen. I mean, Van Hagar with Sammy. And then the other, another, not 49%, but I'd have to give more for a grand total of 101%. I'm 50% Van Halen. I mean, it's that close. Um, I love both of them. I love both what they bring to the band. Um, man, I would have, I mean, I would have loved before Eddie's passing to see a tour with the current lineup of, of Eddie, Alex, uh, his son, Wolfgang, uh, and David, uh, David Lee Roth, I'd have loved to see them go on tour one more time and bring in guy, you know, bring in Michael Anthony, especially on bass, and then Sammy come in, you know, do a couple shows, a couple songs with, uh, where they sing some of those Van Hagar songs. I think that would have been amazing. Definitely would have made them a shit ton of money, not that they needed any more. Um, but, you know, the, it is what it is. We didn't get it. Um, I'm going to let them have their peace. You know, they deserve it. And I just hope that everything ended up well between all of them before Eddie passed. Um, but, so that's the episode, guys. Definitely, we're a little bit shorter today. We're about an hour short of what we normally are, which, that's fine. I think it's okay. We get right to the point. Um, so I'm going to leave, of course, like I always say, I'm going to leave a couple of questions for you guys on spot For you, for those of you, especially on Spotify, you know, if you had to pick between Van Halen's era with David Lee Roth and Van Hagar, I mean, which one do you prefer? And then, you know, in the comments, let me know why. What's your reasoning? I mean, do you hate the quote-unquote lovey-dovey style of Sammy or, or, or what? Is it is Sammy just not rock and roll enough for you? What which Or is or vice versa? Why don't you like Roth as much? Or if you're like me, you, it's hard to pick. You, you just love you love them both pretty much equally. I mean, let me know. Um, but so I challenge you this over the next few days or weeks or whatever after you've listened to this episode, listen to some Van Halen. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with that. Uh, and then compare the two uh, compare the two eras. Um, and I think you'll have a lot of fun with that, and you'll have spent a lot of time listening to some good fucking music. So, as always, guys, I want to end it. I want to end the the last few minutes of the show thanking you guys, thanking for you for all your support, your patience, especially. You know, touched on. You know, we took that week off and why, um, but we still have plenty. I still have plenty and plenty of ideas and content for you guys, and 
always, always, I'm telling I'll be at work and I'm walking around and I'll put something in my phone. I'm like, oh, this is a good idea. We can do one about this. And like I said, I love the support uh, that I'm getting and, and the, uh, the uh, feedback because I think I touched on it with the Metallica episode of, with Cliff Burton and uh, Cliff Burton, Jason Newstead, and Robert Trujillo. Uh, my good friend Scott Landreth, you know, kind of put the recommendation out there. Don't, don't blow your whole wad, you know, all at once. And so that's really helped me keep the door open on a lot of topics. So like Van Halen, instead of just doing a complete episode on Van Halen where I could do certain aspects of the band which would lead to more episodes later about the band so it's you guys it's you guys' feedback and support that helped me evolve this show and expand the longevity of of this show so guys if you haven't already make sure you hit the Facebook page and the Twitter page up all screws loose thoughts unhinged on Facebook give it a like give it a share uh, let's keep getting this show out there uh, and then hopefully by the end of the month of May we can crush over 400 over 400 plays uh, hit up the Q&A please uh, and let me know you know what you guys think um, and stay tuned for next week's episode I think we're gonna we're gonna get away from the music a little bit and we're gonna go back to some movies I got a couple ideas for some of my favorite movies, and I think I've touched on it before. Uh, the movie American Psycho. Uh, I've got some ideas for some other later down the later down the line for some other music episodes too. One, one being, and I I kind of went back and forth at first about this idea, and I don't know why, because it's not 2008 anymore. I don't give a shit if you hate Nickelback or not. I want to talk about, but everyone remembers that period when everyone. It seemed like everyone was shitting all over Nickelback, and I can almost guarantee that 90% of you that said Nickelback sucks were secretly fans of Nickelback. You loved them, you listened to them, maybe you didn't search for them, but when they came on, hey, yeah, I fucking like that song. But what people were talking about when you were with your friends, no, fuck Nickelback, they suck. Uh, so I want to kind of talk about, I want to I wanna spend some time talking about that era where Nickelback just got so much hate and so much shit, uh, and do we even know why, why they did uh, but guys, so that's the episode for today. Uh, go and leave a like, leave a rating if you haven't already. Uh, consider giving the show a good five-star rating if you love what you hear on whatever platform you're listening to on. Uh, I thank you guys for letting me come and bend your ear for another hour. Uh, and I hope that you guys are still enjoying it. Let me know what you want to hear, what you're liking, and what you think you might we could change on this show. Uh, so guys... I will continue to uh, try to perfect this art and get some good, some more good content together for you guys. But until next week, thank you guys for showing up. Thank you for hitting play and making it this far with me. We're coming up on our 90-day mark together, guys. Uh, uh, so I really appreciate it. I'm still loving doing this. It's still such a good break for me from my normal, uh, my normal hustle and bustle of my life. And I hope it's the same for y'all. But you guys stay safe, get outside and enjoy the warmer weather, enjoy listening to some Van Halen songs, and I'll see y'all next week.